Welcome to None of This is Real, the podcast for all things mysterious and weird. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I'm Sarah Sinkhole. We're back! I'm sure by the time this comes out, we'll actually be totally rested, rejuvenated, and ready to go, right? Absolutely. 100p. I'm I'm feeling better because, well, I'll tell you, it's, I guess it's my weird thing. So I'll tell you in a minute. But. Yeah, I'm just having a I'm having a day. Listen, I have my period. I'm incredibly anxious and nauseous. So you know, trigger warning. <laughs> trigger warning. I'm anxious for my energy. <laughs> you may need to energetically cleanse yourself after you listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm a mess. You know, I was listening to some music to like I'm like trying to shake some shake some uh, nervous energy out of my body earlier and i was like i'll listen to some rilo kylie right that'll be good and then the rilo kylie song that literally every single time i hear it makes me cry came on and i'm on my period so you know guaranteed i'm gonna cry so i'm just like working on my notes about this week's episode and crying to a rilo kylie song <laughs> wow so that's, so that's where i'm at that's we are where I'm at right now coming back strong well and strong and creepy because we're gonna tell you creepy stories today so yes we're gonna creep you out because it's the spookiest month of the year what's happening you're i'm in a musical you're singing a song it's great i liked it why'd you stop keep going i don't know i don't (laughs) i don't think i don't think i should (laughs) well hey i haven't asked you this in so long Oh my god. Oh, it's been so long. Has anything weird or mysterious happened to you lately? Oh lordy, so many things. I'm still working through my list of like <laughs> weird stuff. Let me look at it. What am I going to talk about? Okay, uh, the other day I was outside. I was just going to the mailbox and walking back to the house. And at the same time that I stepped on something audibly crunchy, a dog barked like a couple yards away like at exactly the same time it was like this crunchy noise and a dog barking and it sounded like somebody was right in my ear going hey oh my god and i got so freaked out that i like jumped and turned around and then the dog barked again and then i took another step in the crunchy grass and i was like oh i see what happened it's just a crunch bark that's all it is. It's just a crunch bark. It's not a strange, terrifying man in your yard going hey in your ear. Hey. If it if it were gonna if it were gonna be somebody doing that, it would be my dad. Hey, Sarah. It's just Joel. Doing? Don't worry. It's just Joel. A crunch bark it's or Joel. Either... That's it. It's always those. Those are always the explanations. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm glad you're okay though. Thank you. I don't know what happened. My brain just interpreted those sounds in the scariest way possible. Your lizard brain was was acting up. I have a lizard in my hair. Can you see it? Oh, I do see it. Now it's all cute. Yeah. It's crawled down the side of your head. Yeah, that's it's my lizard brain. That's what's happening. I must have been anxious that day, too. I'm telling you, my lizard brain takes over when I have anxiety. That's the weird thing. Crunch bark, lizard brain. Okay, so which what are you going to tell me? What's your weird thing? I Well, I just thought of another one. Okay, so what I was going to tell you that was actually pretty pleasant and helped a lot with my anxiety is that I took a whole 24 hours off of electronic devices. I did not have my phone. 
And I was just at home. I was going to do this. My my therapist was like, can you take like a couple days and just go somewhere to like an, a really cheap Airbnb? And I was like, I don't know. So yeah. I looked. There, there's no cheap ones. And I was, I was, no, there's not. Airbnbs are really pricey right now. So Yes, they are. It's wild. I was like, well, I already, I already really like my house and my yard. So that's my Airbnb. Check. I just need to make a plan. So... I didn't look at my phone or my computer for a whole day. And I spent most of it outside. And I, like, walked my dogs, sat in the yard. I read a book that's been sitting on my shelf forever. It was so nice. I cooked at a leisurely pace because I wasn't worried about I need to check something. Right. I'm going to do that a couple times a month. Seriously, I need to. That's probably a good idea. And then the other thing I just thought of... (laughs) My brain's doing weird stuff too. I don't know what. I may, oh, it's no. probably stress um, making me forget words and put wrong words places. But the other day, <laughs> Jay asked our neighbor, whose name is Bill. This is important for uh-huh. later. Bill. Okay. If, Remember Bill. If we could borrow his lawnmower. And he said, yes, I will leave it on the oh. porch for you. And so. That's nice. Last night at dinner, I couldn't think of any words. And I said, oh, no, I said, I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, Tom left his vacuum cleaner on the porch. What? (laughs) And he was like, and he said, are you okay, ma'am? He said, what? He thought I was talking about something in like in Duolingo, because I'm also trying to learn Spanish, and it sounds like a random oh. <laughs> sentence they would give you. And he's, he's I can say that in Spanish now. Are you ready? Just kidding. I had a brain fart. Well, a he huge said brain fart. He kind of said that, like joking about, oh, say it in Spanish. And I said, do you know any of those words in Spanish? Do you know the word for porch? Do you know the word for vacuum cleaner? Because I do I not. Don't. I know the German word for flamethrower. <laughs> Wait, what is it? The Flammenwerfer. <laughs> Look, Tom left his Flammenwerfer on the porch for us. Okay? <laughs> to borrow. Oh my god, that's too good. I just couldn't. It, it was a total brain fart. Anyway. That's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> and, and I think leaving the vacuum cleaner on your porch is probably really bad for the vacuum cleaner it's meant to be indoors it's an it's an indoor it's a domesticated appliance <laughs> like what good old tom bill <laughs> good old bill like, tom our neighbor's name is not tom i don't do you even know anyone named tom no i don't know anybody named tom at all that I can think of at this moment. I'm sorry if if you're out there and your name is Tom and you're like, wait, I just talked to you last week. Sorry, you see what my brain is doing. Sorry, nothing new is going in there. <laughs> just just names I already know and the German word for flamethrower. I can fit that. That's the last thing. <laughs> That's it. I have room for that. Okay. Oh my lordy. Enough funny stuff. I want to creep everybody out. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Let's do we didn't it. Talk Who's about... going first? We didn't talk about that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I'll go first. You want me to start it off? Kick it off? Yeah, I think yours is a little more disturbing than mine. Mine is, well, yours is a little more, like, 
horror and mine's a little more psychological thriller i think okay i like so you should go first i think i'm excited about yours okay what we're doing y'all to to scare you to kick off the month of october i i hope you're already in creepy mode but just in case you aren't i am going to tell you two little urban legends one's really old and one is the newer version that supposedly came from this old one and then sarah has another for you i do it's true i have an urban legend that could also i guess technically be a creepypasta because it comes from the internet it came from the internet the internet is a creepy place oh shit yeah it is so i'm going to tell you the stories of the diary of mr pointer and the licked hand (laughs) and my sources are simply creepypasta.org and Did we, did we scare you? Are you scared? Are you scared? <laughs> okay. Wow. So first I'm going to start off with the Diary of Mr. Pointer. That is P-O-Y-N-T-E-R, in case you ever want to look this up for yourself. But it is a short ghost story by the British author M.R. James. It was first published in 1919 as a part of the anthology A Thin Ghost and Others. Ooh, a thin ghost. I want to read that anthology. I might have to... It sounds good. Find that on the creepy internet. The story opens on a spring day sometime in the 19th century. James Denton has traveled from Warwickshire to London. Redcomb Manor, Denton's ancestral home, was destroyed in a fire a few years earlier. A new Redcomb Manor has been built on the site of the old one. Denton is in the process of redecorating the new home that he will share with his aunt, or his aunt, depending on where you are. (laughs) Yes. His only living relative. He has come to London to buy furniture. He passes by Robbins's, an auction house which specializes in old books. I love it already. I want to go to there. He enters, hoping to find some books about Warwickshire. The only item related to the county on sale that day is a four-volume diary, which was written in Warwickshire around the year 1710 by a man named Pointer. Denton has to leave before the diary is put up for auction, but he asks an acquaintance to bid on it. On his behalf. This is pretty... It seems like a pleasant day. I would bid day. on a scary old diary for you. I would do that for Aww, you. Oh, that's, that's how you know. <laughs> it's a good friend. <laughs> would you bid on a scary old diary for me? <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> when Denton returns to his temporary home, his aunt... His aunt I'm going to speak like this. His aunt rebukes him. Aunt. Oh, rebukes him? Well... Because he's forgotten to buy any curtains in London. He got distracted by the old books and he didn't buy the curtains he was supposed to get. Oh my god, how can you live without curtains? Your aunt needs privacy. Your aunt needs her privacy and thus she rebukes you. (laughs) (laughs) What is... Oh my god, anyway. Anyway, she is not happy to hear 
that he has been to Robbins's because she dislikes the old books that he buys. What? This aunt okay, now seems... I'm, now I'm not on board with the aunt anymore. She seems stuffy. Okay, well, a few days later, Denton finds out that his bid for the diary of Mr. Pointer was successful. Oh, good job. Oh, yay. A creep- you got a creepy diary. Creeptastic diary headed your way. The diary arrives by post the following day. Denton is delighted to, def- to find that Mr. Pointer, who wrote the diary, was William Pointer, a prominent antiquary who lived in Accrington. Oh, yeah, I know him. Mm-hmm. I, I've been to Accrington many times. Everybody knows that easy-to-say town. <laughs> anyway, it was written in the early 18th century. As well as documenting William Pointer's everyday life, the diary contains passages copied from books, descriptions of ancient artifacts, and drafts of letters which Mr. Pointer sent. Denton's aunt sees him reading the diary. She does not like the look of the four old leather-bound books and thinks that Denton paid too much for them. Didn't get a good deal. (laughs) She is a judgy. Wow. Seriously, just relax. Let somebody have their things. Don't yuck his yum. I feel like the aunt needs a name. Aunt. I'm thinking, what's a stuffy name? Mildred. Is that a stuffy British name? Mm. Beatrice. No, I like the name Beatrice. I like well, I like the name Mildred because it was my great grandmother's name. That's a good name. Aunt Peabody. (laughs) Peabody. (laughs) That's her name. Sure. Why not? Peabody. You have to say it like that. Peabody. Peabody. How's that? Did I do it? (laughs) Yeah, you did it. Okay. (laughs) You did something. (sighs) Aunt Peabody. No, she... (laughs) She shows... What the... (laughs) Okay, I can do this. I can compose myself. Uh, One of us has to stop laughing. (laughs) I need need to know what Aunt Peabody is about to say. Well, she did start to show some interest in the diary. So despite herself. Okay, okay. She's coming around. Peabody's coming around. <laughs> Here she comes. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to start singing. Oh, God. I'm okay, crying. well, okay. She, she, it piqued her interest because she found out it was written by a well-known local man, William Pointer. So right. she's, she's interested in status. I can tell. Can't you tell? Curtains status <laughs> that's what she's about so she picks it up and opens another volume of the diary and then she throws it down in disgust because <gasps> and you might too oh, no an earwig crawls out of it ah! Ew! i don't like those Ew. things anyway how <laughs> <laughs> is yawning that's a yawn <laughs> you look like you I didn't well, like. I don't know what that expression would be. I wish everyone could see you. I wish somebody besides me could have seen what just happened. I'm sweating. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sweating too. I'm sweating and I'm crying a little bit. We gotta get it together. Stop so your anxiety. <sighs> okay. Okay. Apparently, I look hilarious when I yawn. I didn't see myself. I was just yawning. Oh my lord. <laughs> 
I'm going to try to recreate it. I'll post a picture. If this stays in the episode, I will post a picture. I'll keep some of it. I don't think I can keep all the laughing we did. People might get bored, but I'll keep some of it. Oh, God. And then you could do a okay. reincarnation. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not reincarnating anything. As me yawning. Reincarnate as me yawning for a whole okay, lifetime. I will, I will do my best. I'll channel you. Okay. Oh, my anyway, God. Anyway... The earwig. Oh, let me compose she myself. Threw the book down. I have to embody Peabody. Embody Peabody. Embody Peabody. <laughs> that is not We're never going to get through this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. So, Ooh. Denton picks up the book, which his aunt threw down to check it for any damage. Denton's Aunt Peabody notices that there is a piece of cloth pinned to the page where Denton has opened the book to check for more earwigs, maybe. Okay. So she asks Denton to take out the piece of cloth so she can look at it. And printed on this cloth is a design of ribbons and wavy lines which resemble human hairs. Oh, okay. Interesting. But it appears Hmm. that... The lines would all join together at the top of the complete cloth. Denton is not very impressed by the design, uh, but his Aunt Peabody is. And Denton says, you know, it might be possible to have this design copied for the new curtains at Redcomb Manor. And Aunt Peabody is pleased with that idea. So she's pleased. She's not pleased. She's pleased. She's not pleased. She is a roller coaster. She's that one. I'm starting to relate to her a little more. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So a company in London copies the design and makes curtains with the pattern on it. On the curtains, all of the human hair-like designs join together at the top. Denton requests that the other curtains with the same design only be supplied to his friends on request and that the design not be mass produced and put on sale to the public. He wants this to remain exclusive. Wow, these people are bougie as hell. Well, the the owner of the company, the, the curtain maker, says, Yeah. This design probably would not be very popular anyway, Denton, okay? Oh, you burnt Denton. <laughs> yeah, it has weird taste. He says, the man who cut the blocks used to print the pattern called it evil. So, not just that it was uggo, it's evil and uggo. By late October, all of the curtains have been made and installed in Redcomb Manor. Curtains with the design on them are put up in Denton's bedroom and several other rooms in the house. They are not, however, in Aunt Peabody's bedroom, oddly enough. Interesting. Okay. On the morning after the curtains are installed, Denton says it was a bad idea to allow the company, which made them, to let all of the wavy lines join together at the top. He's not feeling that part of it. He says, "What is going on? This is there's just so much talk about lines on curtains. This is wild." He says he had the feeling that something was peeping out of that part of the curtains at him while he slept this is reminding me of that story yellow wallpaper yeah for some reason so something's just something's peeping out of those curtains he also complains about how the curtains moved in the wind aunt peabody says 
There was no wind the previous night. Oh, no. It's not adding up. So that night, a friend visits Denton at Redcomb Manor. At 11 o'clock, Denton goes to his bedroom, but does not yet want to sleep. He sits in an armchair and reads. And he notices that, unusually, his dog does not appear to have followed him to his bedroom. So Denton puts his arm down by the side of his chair, and he feels something hairy, but it doesn't feel like his dog. Oh, God. Because oddly enough, he didn't follow him into the room. Yeah. The thing which Denton has been touching starts to rise up, and he sees Mm -mm. as it rises... It is a human Mm -hmm. figure made entirely of hair. Oh, God. (laughs) What the hell? So Denton, of course, runs from the room, but the figure follows him. Ew. Denton feels... kind of silly and also gross at the same time. I mean... And scary. Yeah, I don't like it. He feels its hand... It's hairy little hand on his back. <laughs> he finally makes it safely to the room where his friend is sleeping. Oh, good. Mm. It's a sleepover. There's somebody there There's besides Peabody. Someone besides Peabody. The following day, Denton burns all of the curtains that he had made. So, what a waste. Oh, wow. But also, oh, wow. understandable. Yes. Good call, Denton. He also moves out of Redcomb Manor and never returns. Don't blame you. Oh, damn. <laughs> Do not blame you at all. Yeah, I don't think I would want to say there either. It is only after he has left Redcomb Manor that Denton reads the portion of William Pointer's diary which relates to the piece of cloth. Mm. The pages about the cloth had been glued together, but Denton is able to open them without much difficulty. The cloth had been made for Sir Everard Charlotte. Oh, Everard. Its design imitated Sir Everard's own hair. And I don't... Ew. Yeah. That's weird. I don't... Make, her, make up some cloth that looks like my hair. What the fuck? Okay. What's going on? What's everyone doing? Well, the good sir was famous for his good looks, and especially his long, beautiful hair. So he was obviously oh. quite into himself. He was also yeah. He was also known. I could tell for his drunkenness, debauchery, and general bad behavior. Oh, he was a fuck boy. He was a he was an old English fuck boy. The old fuck boy. <laughs> He boasted about having hastened the death of his father. So he was... Okay, wow. Socio- He's garbage. Sociopathic fuckboy, I guess. Yeah. So Sir Everard Charlotte died suddenly in late October in the last decade of the 17th century. He was found okay. in a ditch in Oxford, and all of the hair had been plucked off of his head. <gasps> Ooh. So he was buried there in Oxford, and a few years later, his body was exhumed to be reburied in his native country. The coffin accidentally came open and was Mm-mm. found to be full of nothing but hair. That is so fucking gross. That's too much. <laughs> I don't like too it. much about hair. Yeah, I don't. This is a lot of hair talk for me. <sighs> I'm getting, so I'm getting itchy. 
Yeah, it's gross, and it's got a lot of a lot of strange it's things. Bizarre, <laughs> yes. super bizarre. I, curtains and hair. It's very weird. Hair curtains. I want to read. Uh, <laughs> I want to read the rest of that book, though the um, anthology, the uh, Thin Ghost, a Thin Ghost, and others. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Sounds like from that story that there would be some very bizarre stories in there. I wrote a story about haunted hair curtains. <laughs> you want to read it? That was Stephen King in a past life. Oh my god! I just he read. Did you ever read Dreamcatcher? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I I feel like it's the worst book he's ever written. <laughs> I hated no, it. No, the worst book he's ever written was where the guy's, like, digging something up and his teeth are falling out. Oh, shit. Everyone's teeth are always falling out in Stephen King books. Everyone's body. Yeah. Every, something's happening to everyone's body all the time. All the time. Do not be so gross. in a Stephen King novel if you can possibly help no. it. Because... Don't do it. I, I don't know. It just was, I think Dreamcatcher was too much for me. I, I mean, I read the whole thing and I did enjoy it, but there were parts where I was like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nasty. That's a really nasty one. And I don't know if I just have like, I can't, whatever he writes, I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah. Even if it's bad. Same. I'm going to like it because I don't know. Well, it's also in that book, there's a, there's quite a few words that didn't age well that he uses a lot and I, oh yeah he there's a lot of that in his stuff so anyway yeah that being said there, it there it's he's not uh without his problematic tendencies for sure i will totally admit that i mean i think he has evolved because of his i i see in his tweets that he says he's trying things where he's trying but still he's an old white guy who wrote a bunch of novels yeah. in the 80s and 90s and 2000s so. on cocaine it didn't <laughs> didn't age well <laughs> real quick i'm gonna tell you the story the modern day version of the story some say some people say this came from that hair curtain story it's so weird that it's that they're connected and it's an internet gym called the licked hand so scary a young girl is left home alone for the first time which is always exciting when you're like yay get out of here parents go away i can be by myself goodbye so she's there and she has her dog with her on the news that night however to make it a little less enjoyable they announced that there is a serial killer on the loose in her area of course there is <sighs> gotta first night alone ruin it for everybody so before she goes to bed, she locks all the doors. She tries to lock all the windows, make sure that everything's all secure. Mm -hmm. But there's a one little window in the basement that won't lock. And she decides, mm, probably nobody can get through there. It's it's no big deal. So oh no, everything else is locked. And she goes to bed and her dog takes its customary place under her bed. Okay. In the deep of the night... She awakens to a dripping sound coming from her bathroom. Yeah. Half awake, the girl rolls over and puts her hand down and feels the comforting lick from her dog on her hand, and she falls back asleep. Oh, God. Okay. She reawakens to the dripping sound and reaches her hand down to the dog, where she feels the reassuring lick again. 
Mm-hmm. And then one That's more. Nice. Once more. She wakes up one more time and she she hears the dripping sound yet again and she reaches her hand down. Dog's still there, licks her hand. But now she's curious about the dripping sound and let's be honest, she probably has to pee at this point. Probably. If you hear that much dripping, I mean. You can't not have to pee. So she's curious. She gets up. She walks slowly towards the bathroom to see what the dripping sound is. And when she gets there, she turns on the light and... A little warning here. There's it's a disturbing animal thing. So if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead like 30 seconds. But she's greeted by a horrific sight. Hanging from the shower nozzle is her mm. dog who has been no. killed. And it is the blood dripping into the bathtub. Of course it is. No. I hate it. Something... Okay. On the bathroom mirror catches her eye. She turns around and written on the wall in her dog's blood oh. are the words, oh humans can lick too. And that's it. But other, it kind of ends there abruptly. It. Other versions of the story feature a nearsighted old woman um, mm-hmm. instead of a young a young girl. The fate of the dog also yeah, I I... varies. Sometimes nastier things are said to have happened to it. Of course. I won't go into it. Of course. Um, Don't. The <laughs> message is sometimes on the floor instead of the mirror. And then some okay. versions include the parents return to the, sco- the discovery of the killer hiding somewhere in the house or the girl's bedroom closet. Hmm. In other versions, the girl's parents arrive back in the morning and ask if their daughter had a good night. When she tells them that her dog had kept her calm by licking her hand, she is told that the dog in question had been accidentally locked outside. Okay. That's a nicer version. That's creepier, because then you really do not know. Yeah, I don't... Okay, the dog part's terrible. It's all creepy. The worst part for me is picturing an adult male on their uh, adult man on on his knees licking someone's hand on the just in the dark under the bed when you're sleeping ah yeah, i hate it he'd have to be laying there on his side Ugh. with his just head laying just there waiting for her hand to come down ah, stop like it so. just licking <laughs> i'm licking She's the like air making licking oh wait hold on this will be I'm even better for real this time oh my god i see a hand coming down and now she's licking her own hand i don't like it at all (laughs) for several reasons that was entirely too graphic (laughs) i didn't like doing it i just did it to gross you out (laughs) well it works on on several levels maybe we can remember to take a screenshot of that happening and post it (laughs) and your and your that and your yawn face and god yeah well hey is any of that real anyway no it's not i hate all of it i hate the hair curtains i hate the licking of the hand i hate what you just did no none of it's real but i do like it yeah i, I like do love too. scary stories i like it well you tell me a scary it's story real i'm excited creepy okay i will tell you one but first i will tell you my sources scaryforkids.com ghostsandghouls.com Kawabana.net um, and the ever-present all-knowing Old Faithful. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh. 
Also, I know Wikipedia is not all knowing. It was a joke. Don't come at me. Okay. <laughs> Don't come at me with your hair curtains and hand licking. Don't do it. Jesus Christ, please. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk about a Japanese urban legend or creepypasta, whatever you want to call it, called Kune Kune. All right. And that's K-U-N-E-K-U-N-E. I feel like if I'm about to get look it up. real creeped out in the middle of the day. It's pretty, it's pretty friggin' creepy. So this story was first mentioned on 2chan, where all bad things come from. Just kidding. They come from 4chan and 8chan, too. Anyway. Um, and it was at like either 2001 or 2003. I hate how hard it is to get accurate details on some of the stuff we research. It's very frustrating. I just had this awful thought. Can I share it with you? <laughs> Oh, I guess <laughs> you have to. I'm scared. What if there are people out there who are so into 4chan and 8chan that they have named a child Chan? Oh, my God. Well, I worked with a kid named Chan. I mean. But that was before the Chan. It's a regular name that people have. But what if yeah. that's the reason? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, don't do that. Don't name your kid after anything like from the internet. I'm scared. Okay. Um, it's al- also known as wriggling body. Oh, stop. I'm going to... Goodbye. I have to go. I, yep. I have to go poop. Get ready. This is this is just... This is similar to uh, the goat man <gasps> story that I told on last on the Creepypasta episode because, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that freaked us out about that story was, like, the movements that it describes. So just be prepared. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. I'm not prepared, but go ahead. So... Akune means to, according to several sources, I made a list of words, twist, wiggle, meander, or sway. So it appears as a slender, wispy, white, humanoid shape, like a, like a paper cut out of a person or a piece of fabric. It was also described like a thin okay. piece of fabric. Yeah. Um, and it's usually seen at lunchtime on hot summer days. <laughs> at okay. lunchtime? Okay. That was... Uh, yes, that was a repeated detail. Um, it's sometimes seen at night, um, mostly in wide open expanses of land, like fields where people are working on crops. It's very, um, it's where it usually happens. But sometimes it's seen at night, and sometimes also people have seen it on the open sea. So it's got to be like a flat, open area. And maybe lunch. From what I'm picking up, might be happening. It, you're either eating lunch or a midnight snack. I don't know. But you're, you possibly are taking a break from something and you're eating. <laughs> um, so it, the kune kune is only visible from a distance. So, like, you can see it from far away, but if you saw it standing next to someone who's, like, far also far away, that person is going to seem totally unaware of the kune kune's presence. So they don't know it's there. Ooh. Yeah, so spooky. Um, it appears to be constantly moving or wiggling as if in a breeze or a gust of wind, even on a completely windless day. It's just wiggling. Just a wiggling. We both have that in our okay. stories. It could be windless, but the thing is going to be moving. Something is moving. Okay. So it's it's jiggling and wiggling. Uh, most encounters start, or some encounters start with a thick white mist that slowly evaporates. Um, and then in the distance, you see a person that seems to be dressed in white and moving in a strange way. Uh, you can't make out any physical characteristics or details at all. You can only see just an elongated, slender shape 
of a white bipedal being. Okay. So then if you keep looking at it, which is not advised, uh, you will see that it is squirming and bending back and forth from side to side. Uh, it's described as forming angles impossible for a human body to achieve. Oh. So, okay. yeah. Um, so obviously you want to avoid it just because of the way that it moves. But also because if you look at it up close, you will go insane. Of course. Okay. Which might also happen if you look at it from far away for too long. So just don't look at it at all. Um, even worse, and I don't know why anyone would do this, if you get closer to it, or science forbid, touch it. Don't touch it. The kune kune will kill your ass. You'll be dead. Uh, good news, though. If you just ignore it, don't look, speak, certainly don't touch it. Um, you know, treat it like a person from high school that you see in the grocery store that you hope doesn't recognize yeah. you. Do that. Yes, that's then perfect. It will, yeah. And it'll leave you alone, and you'll be fine. All right, so this is an account I found on uh, one of my sources. I don't remember which one. Sorry. This is a true story my brother told me. One day when he was a child, my brother went to play at his friend Akira's house. It was a nice day, but they didn't feel like playing outside, so they stayed indoors. While they were playing, Akira suddenly stood up and went to the window. Puzzled, my brother followed him and followed Akira's gaze to a rice field outside. There, he saw a man. The man was dressed in pure white and stood completely still. My brother asked Akira who the man was and what he was doing, but before he could answer, the man began to move. At first, it seemed the man in white was dancing, but there was something very wrong about the way he moved. He bent and flopped and swayed as if there were no bones in his body. Mm, ew. <laughs> He twisted and jerked as if buffeted by typhoon force winds, but there wasn't the slightest breeze outside. My brother and Akira watched the figure for several minutes, silent and awestruck. About 15, after about 15 minutes, the bending, twisting figure faded away. My brother ran home after that, and he and Akira never spoke of the incident. He only told me the story once and refused to talk about it again. I guess I can't... Excuse me, that's not what it says. I can't help but wonder what my brother and his friends saw. Was there something unnatural in the field that day? Or were their eyes playing tricks on them? I guess I'll never know. Well, when you're both seeing the same thing, that legitimizes it a little bit. A little bit, yes. What did you see? Um, All right. I'll just tell you some little details from the second story, because there are some pretty spooky parts in that one, too. Okay. So somebody went to visit their grandma's house as a child. It's nice outside they're out there talking blah 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 and somebody sees a scarecrow in the distance it was in it was far in the distance so i couldn't tell what it was it was about the shape of a human but it was white and swaying to and fro there was nothing around here but rice fields no reason for any people to be nearby for a moment i felt strange okay and then they're like it's probably a scarecrow and then it was gone so they go get the binoculars to look at it to get a closer look, which you shouldn't do. Go get the binoculars. So the kid's brother is looking through the binoculars. Then suddenly his face changed. Before my eyes, he started to turn blue and broke out in a cold sweat. Finally, he dropped the binoculars he was holding. Terrified of my brother's transformation, I asked him, what was it? He answered me very slowly. You're better off not knowing. Ooh. It wasn't my brother's voice. 
Just like that, he turned and returned to the, the house. I went to pick up the binoculars to look at what turned my brother's face instantly blue, uh, but perhaps because of what he said, I couldn't find the courage to do it. Okay, and so he's he's just like, what the heck? Um, trying to figure out what it was, and his father comes running out, and he says, don't look at that white thing. Did you see it? Did you look at it through the binoculars? No, not yet, I replied, confused. Oh, thank God, my father said. And he goes back, they go back into the house, and everyone is crying. And he's confused. And then he walks into a room and he says, I could see my brother laughing like a madman. He was moving about like that white thing, swaying, swaying. Seeing my brother like that, he was scarier than whatever that white thing was. Then it was when it was time for us to return home, my grandmother said, it would be better for everyone if you left him here. It'll be easier for him to live here. Your place is small. And if you think about your neighbors, they won't wait even a few days before just leave him here. The best thing to do is release him into the rice fields after a few years. Oh my god. Yeah. So, and then they leave and he misses his brother and it's sad. Oh my god. Ew! So it possesses yeah. you. Yes. I guess so. It seemed like he was possessed. Ugh. And then, then she's like, just leave him here and in a few years I'll just set him free into the rice fields. Okay. It's just like a lady rehabilitating a bird or something they find in the yard. Yes. Yes, I found exactly. this little baby squirrel after the hurricane. I'm all, I'm going to rehabilitate it and put it back outside in tree. My grandson has become a, a walking urban legend. I'm just going to release him into the wild in a few years to turn somebody else into one. Okay, fine. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I guess he was just going to forever laugh and sway back and forth. If you think about it, if it's you... Maybe it's not that bad. If all I had to do for the rest of my life was laugh and sway back and forth, I don't Just know. Just by yourself? I don't know. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> That's where we're at right now, <laughs> mentally. Is that we think that laughing and swaying back and forth until we're released into a rice field to torment other people sounds like a good way to go. Better than <laughs> capitalism. Am I right? Yes, you are correct. Anyway. Becoming an urban legend is decidedly better than capitalism. Oh, okay. So now I have a few explanations of what this thing could possibly be. What could be the origin of this story? So there's some ties to Japanese mythology that were cited on Wikipedia and, and like every other thing I read. But when I Googled them and tried to find out like more about it, because it was very vague, I fell down a ribbit hole of Japanese mythology that lasted for too long. I got lost in Japanese mythology, which is uh, very easy to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So I came out with just a tiny fraction of information and no idea what my sources are talking about because I, I couldn't make the connection. But it says that it could be related to worship of a textile deity named Tenmono-sama. And so I looked that up, and it said Tenmono is the name of a roll of kimono cloth. But I couldn't find the textile deity mentioned anywhere. I don't know. That's weird. So this could be, yeah. It's like the curtains. If, you're, if a Japanese mythology expert scholar is listening, please help me. It's ooh, it is like the curtains. It's like the curtains. Yeah. No. Why are they connected? Creepy fabric stories. Um. Okay. There's also a form of snake worship, I guess. And then they said like. 
Hashaku-sama are also known as eight feet tall, so I googled that. And I came up with a yokai, or Japanese spirit, that takes the form of an eight-foot-tall woman who has a deep masculine voice, and she repeatedly says, Po. Po, 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 do not like that at all. And she preys on children. She wears a white hat and a white dress, and she's barefoot. She likes kids who are 9 to 11 years old, and she will, I guess, just stalk them and then kill them. I'm so that's not a snake god. Picturing her right now, just yeah. Po 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 po. Not gonna sleep tonight. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um, and so then I then I was like, okay, I'll Google some other like snake worship, Japan, snake deity, Japanese mythology. I was trying all you know all the things. Um, and I came up with. Yamata no Orochi, or simply Orochi, which is an eight-headed and eight-tailed Japanese dragon serpent. Also, an amazing story about a kami, K-A-M-I, not a communist. (laughs) Yeah, got it. Um, And a kami is a spirit or a phenomena or a holy power that's venerated in uh, the Shinto religion. So they could be elements of nature, or elements of the landscape, forces of nature. They could be spirits of venerated ancestors that's what a kami is okay cool okay um and this this kami's name was amono nushi amono nushi um and this story is wild we could do so many episodes just about japanese mythology because this this story involves the capture of a snake deity on mount miwa uh that makes the sound of thunder that's awesome um yeah, and at least two instances of people being stabbed or sh- shot with an arrow in their genitals. Mm-mm. Not awesome. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, one of the stories was a lady gave birth to a baby after she got pregnant from Omononushi. And the baby took the form of a red arrow and struck her genitals while she was pooping in a ditch. <laughs> oh, no. What a terrible way to go. Honestly. <laughs> like... It's wild. But that was all I could find as far as those things. I didn't find a snake deity named Hashhaku-sama. Yeah. I could only find the other creepypasta and then some other stories. So maybe some amalgamation of that stuff. Um, or like in those stories, it could be just you see you saw a scarecrow and you got spooked. I don't know. Maybe. Because they're in a field. Um, there's also these things called wick drains, which is a thing. I've only done it, like, in a potted plant where you take a piece of fabric, like, a very absorbent fabric, and you put it in a hole in the bottom of the pot so that the water that you pour under it will wick up into the into the soil oh, as needed. With using like a cloth? A, yeah. It's like a fabric straw, basically, for plants. But these are also used on a big uh, scale in some sorts of some kinds of farming. So it's like in the water in the ground, and the water goes through it, wicks into the ground somehow. So they look like when you I, I'll post a picture. It's like a long white piece of fabric that um, usually lays on the ground, you know. But I guess if it's windy enough. It, it can be, you know, like a, one of those Flopping wacky around. arm inflatable. Yeah. yeah. Some people think it could just be fog or mist, which appear over the clouds during lunchtime because it's like the hottest part of the day and, you know, water is evaporating. 
or because you are out in the hottest part of the day, you're working your fucking ass off. Uh, it's, you're probably dehydrated. You might get heat stroke and then you might hallucinate. You could. Yes. So those are my debunking turds. Was any of that real? Yeah. So they must be real because none of that stuff really explained. I mean, I I guess it could just be people hallucinating or fog, but I'm going to go with it's a real thing and don't look at them. Yeah. Just don't look at them. Whether it's real or not, if you see something that looks like that, drink some water, sit down in the shade and don't look at it. That's right. Maybe go to the doctor later. Make sure you're okay. Yeah. Read a, maybe read a book. Just, just in case. Maybe read a book made of hair or something for a little while. And just read someone's hair journal, hair diary. Maybe go pick out some curtains, but just don't look oh, at God. it. This was a really weird episode. This is bizarre. It was creepy and it was very bizarre. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yay. Welcome back. Me too. Yay. We did it. Are you scared yet? Welcome to Did it work? Can we season? do it? We're going to tell you something creepy next week too because it's... October. Oh, yeah. oh God! Here comes the drowning ghost horse. I can't. <laughs> yes, the oh. ghost horse is back for the month of October. Back with a vengeance. Guess who's back? Great, back again. Okay, I won't. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you do whatever. Do whatever you want. Oh my God! Do without wilt, y'all. Please send us your spooky, scary stories, and we'll read them on the podcast. Yes, there's still time. If you're hearing this uh, the week that it comes out, there's still time to send us your scary, scary stories to tell all the other turkey buzzards in the spookiest month of the year. That's right. We would love there's to. still time. And other things you can do to support the podcast are follow us on the gram or on the TikTok mm-hmm. or um, do that on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. Yeah, there's so much stuff on there. And you know what the stuff is. We've said it. You know what it is. Just, you know, give us a little bit of your hard-earned money. Yeah, that's all. And if you can't do that, you can rate and review us on, on the iTunes. Yes. You can do that, and you can tell your friends and your family and your your hair curtains neighborhood. Ooh, I was gonna say your bookseller, but I guess you could tell your hair curtains. <laughs> I don't like the words hair curtains. I know you don't. It's great. It's too much. Anyway, tell them. Oh, also, uh, if you do want to email us, I didn't say, but it's none of this is real podcast at gmail dot com. So there you go. What else? Uh, Thank you, Michaela DeLeon and Gil Davis, for the spookiest theme song in the world. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you certainly do not have to believe any of the things we just said. Oh, God. No, you don't. We said a lot of whack shit. But you do have to believe on yourself. Oh, believe all over yourself. Wrap yourself in hair curtains of belief. Yes. Don't look at it too long. Okay. Bye, love you. Bye. Like that? Oh, let's listen to it. Yeah.